0: Want to know more about your podcast numbers? Check out Podmetrics. Podmetrics aggregates data from Anchor, Spotify, Chartable, Facebook Live, and YouTube in order to show you the real picture of how your show is doing. And when you know your show, you can grow your show. The best part is it's absolutely free. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and don't forget to use the referral code GeekyJuanes. That's Geeky J-U-A-N-S.
1: Welcome to The Geeky Ones. This is uh, episode 73, and yeah, you know, we're The Geeky Ones. We're a podcast where we cover anything geeky under the sun from wrestling, movies, video games. We're here to talk all about it. And I'm Jude, and today we'll, we will be joined by our guest, Dangle Flash to discuss the latest updates on Apex Legends, Genshin Impact, and the newest Ratchet & Clank game. So... Steven will be on the sidelines to monitor our stream and read our comments. He'll also be, yeah, he'll be basically in charge of the behind-the-scenes work. And that's it. And let's get to the episode. So, I guess the very first thing. So, Tango, say uh, say hi. And let's start with Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> um, uh, hello,
2: everyone. To the audience, the viewers, listeners of the geeky ones, how you doing?
1: <laughs> anyway, okay, let's go. Um, Ratchet & Clank, A Rift Apart has been announced and has had some gameplay footage recently. And, you know, it's a PS5 exclusive. Uh, I think it's just like every other Ratchet & Clank game, it's a PS exclusive. Uh, I don't, I don't think they'll ever venture anywhere outside. It's like A signature franchise, and uh, so far it looks good. And um, Dango, what are your thoughts on Ratchet and Clank?
2: Well, for one, I'm I'm excited that um, mascot platformers are a thing again. Like um, even before Ratchet and Clank, there was like a surge in popularity, especially when Crash Bandicoot Four came out. Like a lot of people were a bit mixed on the trailer, but they were more optimistic. But when they had their hands to play it, like it didn't have that old clunky classic platforming feel. It felt really smooth and nice as a modern take on the whole mascot platforming genre. And I guess with the first trailer that they showed in the state of play for Ratchet and Clank and the recent gameplay footage and like um sort of extended trailer it looks really cool and i can tell that they are definitely uh prioritizing the whole strength of the ps5 with this title like with the performance loading tile uh, loading times and uh the graphic fidelity and whatnot like i can like some um I, uh, some people might think that, well, they're not deviating that far from the previous formula, is it? I'm like, well, that's kind of expected because this is one of the first titles on the PS5. So obviously, developers are going to focus on um, really pushing the PS5 to the limit, but um, with little little focus on like game innovation because, we're practically in the early like baby stage of what the PS5 can do. So they're still trying to figure it out like the whole capability of the PS5.
1: Yeah. And you know, with the new Ratchet Clank game, I think apart from the up highly upgraded visuals, um what I'm what I'm expecting is, I think, yeah, the same classic Ratchet & Clank gameplay. I think they smoothed it out so well in the reboot, the reimagining in the, on the PS4, and I think it's going to be better on the PS5. And uh, I think I expect, um, what I just expect with Ratchet & Clank is just awesome platforming and lots and lots of ridiculous weapons that you can enjoy. And um, with these graphics, I think, I want to see the, I want to see how the destruction looks in game, like, how well oh, they yeah. render. Like, uh, I think one of the things that the, the last Ratchet and Clank game had were, like, particle effects, like, the Lombax fur effects. Like, it's just, it just looks like, Um, I think a friend told me, it's like, it's like playing a Pixar movie. <laughs> in that <laughs> sense. It's, it's that smooth. It's that fun. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. And... State of Play was, uh, the last Sony State of Play was basically uh, showcasing how it looks, how it performs well, and the new character, another Mm rombax. So it's like, it's it's really cool. And there's just something about Ratchet and Clank for me that um, I think I say that uh, I've played... I've played uh, I've played Ratchet and Clank more on the PS2 compared to the likes of Jack and Daxter. I think it has a mm-hmm. more lasting appeal than those games. Uh, I'm just happy that it's somehow it's to the test of time. Like Crash Bandicoot, because it's one of those, um it's one of those platformers that I think can adjust to like yeah, uh, because generation.
2: For a, because for a while, mascot platformers haven't been doing particularly well because there there was a period i'd like to call sort of the dark age of uh mascot platforming where um crash bandicoot released a bunch of reboots that did not do so well i remember um... i did give it a shot we don't talk about that type the the titles those don't those don't exist (laughs) but Yeah, kidding aside, like, I get that they were trying to give it a more modern take, a new feel, but I'm like, at what expense, though? You literally took what made Crash Bandicoot great and just threw it out the window. And that's when, like, all it takes really is one bad apple in a genre for people to have a changed perspective on it. And that's really when it really, really started because. In around that same time, I was like, wow, when was the last time I've heard of Sonic being a good game, Crash (laughs) Bandicoot being a good game? And I guess Jack and Daxter and uh, Ratchet and Clank have just been, like, I would say uh, niche titles, so they kind of just, you know, kept their head down, like, people were like, yeah, that was a thing, but they can't remember if it was really good or really bad, but they just know it was a good game. So yeah. I think Jack, Daxter, Ratchet, and Crank are like looking at each other. We dodged the bullet, didn't we? <laughs> so with the new title, um, just to add to what you mentioned, like what you're looking forward to, like I personally do not have a PS5, not for a lack of trying, but really by choice. I'm really waiting for more mm-hmm. titles to come out because I really want to just sort of binge play all of the exclusives over a period of time but uh that not only that but yeah i'm, I'm waiting for uh you know um ps5 purchasing problems
1: yeah <laughs> as
2: right. i as i lightly put it i know i i'm insinuating something here i just don't want to throw it out it's kind of obvious what i'm talking about but yeah. that aside that aside like they did mention um in the trailer that when you're using certain weapons you'll really feel the effect because of the haptic feedback oh. and I have seen games on the ps5 like for example um call of duty like when they upgraded i think it was cold war and modern warfare to add like haptic feedback for the controller like literally every bullet that comes out of the gun you can really feel the recoil as you're uh, holding the controller. So it would be interesting to see how that would translate in Ratchet & Clank because, as you said, there's like an arsenal of weapons with different effects. It's very chaotic. So it's going to be, uh, in, my, in my opinion, I think it's going to be very interesting to, to really see how creative the devs can be with what the PS5 has to offer.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, I, I can say that PS5 supplies sad. <laughs> it's just really sad. It is, uh, it is. It's, I wish more people could have their hands on a PS5 uh, disk disc drive with disk drive or not, um, because it's really difficult right now, and also because, you know, we want more people to play these games. Imagine uh, these launch titles are actually this is, well, technically not a launch title, but this is like the first generation lineup of the PS5 and you know, you want it to do well. But I think uh, Ratchet & would be doing well. Um, Earth Apart, I think it arrives in a few months. It arrives this year. can't remember the release date. But, yeah, I'm excited for this one. Uh, it's I think this is another great, uh, another great installment to the franchise, especially, like, after an era of being okay in the PS3.
2: <laughs> yeah, just being no. okay or meh. But okay. honestly, like was... as, long as, they, as long as they take notes from uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, just keep what made the franchise great yeah. and improve on that. But don't well, remove sir. it. You can innovate, but don't deviate, I guess. Yeah.
1: Oh, I can say that uh, if there was one thing that Crash Bandicoot reminded people of is how hard the original trilogy was or the first yes. game of the trilogy was. So
2: That is very yeah, true. I
1: mean... Uh, yeah, I think kids weren't ready for that. <laughs> Today's kids weren't ready for that, but hey, that's Crash Bandicoot. And I think yeah, Ratch and Clack is gonna be good. But for uh, before we proceed to our next topic, we're gonna talk about a little promo from uh from Comics of from us. Uh, I, I think Stephen will be explaining this one, and then we proceed to our next topic sure so steven where are you where are you steven can you hear me yep let's go
0: all right Um, all right all right saying hi to izzy falls on facebook and austin kuriba um let's see what else yeah they just dropped by to say hi uh we will be talking about the comiXology promo uh, it is a $10 gift card giveaway. Once we reach 1,000 followers, we will be giving away a $10 gift card. But you have to do two things. Two things. First, like mm-hmm. and like uh, like the Geeky One's page. And second, name one, just one, one comic book artist that we've met, um, guested on the podcast. Maybe it's Mega Mercado maybe it's that guy from comic spot maybe it's fred Corder, aka that guy from pocket full of pills there's so we've had a few we've had a fair number of comic book guests on the podcast so just find the pin post on our facebook page name one comic book guest and you are automatically entered to our raffle once we reach one thousand likes Um, we are also doing this on Twitch. Once we reach 100 followers on Twitch, we will give away another gift card. So again, this is not sponsored by Amazon. This is just us giving away $10 gift cards. All right. So that is about it for me. I will be back in a little bit. Jude, take back the lead for Apex Legends.
1: Okay, let's go. Yeah. Well... Yeah, Apex Legends. Let's talk about this right now. Um, in uh, in next next week on May four, Apex Legends season Legacy not season nine. They're now naming seasons into na- the na- their names because uh, previously they've named Apex Legends season eight and then the subtitle like um, I think one of Legacy. Uh, no, no, Legacy is season 9, season 8, 7. The previous seasons, um, you know, we all remember them by number. Now, I think Apex wants us to remember the name, especially with, yeah, this huge update. This is, like, uh, I think this is one of the uh, people consider this to be one of the more highly anticipated seasons uh, yet. Like, I think... um. If there's like anticipated seasons, there's the likes of, I think, season two, uh, season seven, I think, season five. There Those were kind of hype. So let's talk about Apex Legends um, season legacy. And yeah, let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's get to the details of uh, everything that this next season would offer. So start yeah season legacy is the name once more and it's all about um the legacy of titanfall 2 and how it links to apex legends because um titanfall 2 is like somewhat of a prequel to apex legends and uh a good number of the characters uh In Apex right now are from Titanfall Two, and one new character in particular is an offspring of a Titanfall Two character, and that is really interesting. So, yeah. But apart from that, the most interesting thing about Apex Legends Season Legacy is um, a new game mode. It's not just battle royale. It's no longer just drop in the map, face off against 57 other people to become Apex Champion. It's, next season, there's going to be the Arena mode. And this is arguably the biggest update in the game um, in a long time. Because uh, it changes the whole thing. It changes the whole complexion of the game. And before I get into any explaining, I want to ask Dangle Flash here. Uh, what do you think about arena mode? Initial thoughts when you saw it.
2: Well, to be fair, um, as a person who's played a lot of FPS games, different ones too. You have the hero shooters, you have the um, the boots on the ground uh, style of FPS. You have uh, well, battle royale games. But um, in my opinion, like when I first played Apex Legends when it released. I did tell myself that this is our, and this was in a time when battle royale games were really like popular and very condensed, I'd say on the whole market of uh shooters like just about uh, just about everywhere you look there was uh, there was a battle royale game to be found. And I would say that at that time, I did tell myself that Apex Legends is arguably the best Battle Royale game because of the overall feel. And it did introduce a fair number of things that were not present in, in my, uh, in my opinion, their most primary like rival or competitor, which was PUBG. Um, one thing. Of course, like you had heroes that had talents, and of course, people were comparing it to oh, it's just Overwatch with a battle royale mode. (laughs) And to be fair, that is a fair assumption. But in a battle royale uh, environment, like having those skills, add a whole new dynamic on how you approach, how you make uh, strategies, tactics, how you engage in gunfights, etc. But in my opinion, like. it was the only battle royale game I remember at the time that had a revival system. And I'm just like, wait, that is like a lot of people make this wait, that's illegal. I'm like, yeah, that's illegal but that's why I enjoyed Apex Legends so much because amidst the chaos, people die really fast, be it because of bad luck or bad gunfight whatever. But with the whole revival mechanic being available, it just adds like a whole like oh you have another chance like even after you die. I'm like that's really like that's a really like simple idea, but applied to a genre that didn't have it ever, I'm like, whoa, this 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 makes it feel different. But as for the arena mode, it when I saw this update, you know, it was the first thing that even came to mind. I'm like, man. Overwatch could have used something like similar to this, a new kind of game mode to liven up the scene. Because I will say that Apex Legends as a battle royale is fine. Like it's really, it's a really good, really fun, addicting battle royale game. Regardless if you're competitive or a casual player, you'll enjoy it. But now that this has this game mode that focuses on literal dogfights fights with guns because you're just one team facing another team uh if you die you die there's no respawn and there's sort of that counter-strike element where you have eco rounds where you don't spend all the money you have where you budget so that you have better weapons later on and you try to squeeze in um wins somewhere there you you basically plan how you each round is going to go and that's it has a whole whole new dynamic there in a game in a battle royale, that's very chaotic you're adding a whole new flavor which is like a a slow methodical execution of gunfights that's just crazy and genius at the same time in my opinion (laughs) and the fact that it's a hero shooter it fits it like a glove because I've played Hero Shooters and I've played more traditional FPSs. Like I played Modern Warfare, R6 Siege, Counter-Strike, Overwatch, and having an arena mode in Battle Royale, I'm like, oh my. I want to see how well this is going to work. Because Apex Legends did prove to me that Battle Royale can feel really fresh and not so dragging and boring as a genre. So I can't I am re I'm really excited for this uh new game mode. Yeah. Like I wanna see if they're I want to see how their creative process uh, manifests in this game mode.
1: Okay, so yeah, that's a really nice insight. So also, one thing worth noting about uh, Apex Legends Arena mode is it was actually um it was actually proposed in September twenty nineteen in like the second season of the game, which kind of surprised me. Like uh, I saw a tweet from the guy who from one of the lead designers at Respawn. He actually he actually said that he first proposed this on a PowerPoint in 2019 where it was just uh, it was just really uh, a rough, rough draft of arena mode. But yeah, um, as Dango said, Arena mode is a three v three three v three mode that is like uh, set in one map. So it's like it's in the likes of um CS:GO and Valorant and there are there's an economy there's an in-game economy where you have to manage your your skills, she- healing items and guns. Uh, you really have to make sure that you spend, you you save up as efficiently as you can because you know, if you don't you're going to have you're going to be on the back foot of the whole game. But yeah, um I'm curious to see how arena mode would allow certain some legends to be better on that mode than the battle royale mode. Uh, because I think there are certain legends that are not um that are not being as used as much in battle royale, but I think would excel in an arena mode in a slower paced mode. Um I think one example I would give in this uh, particular case is Rampart. Rampart is a great legend. Oh. Uh, it's a solid legend that allows you to create instant cover, uh, that allows you to set up a place where you can shoot safely shoot in a battle royale setting. But I think if you put her skills, if you apply her skills in, um, if you apply her skills in like, an arena mode slower where uh, Managing your health, your ammo, and your and positioning is key. Like esp- even more so, I think someone like her would excel. And apart from her, uh, I think uh someone like Gibraltar, of course, would excel. You know, the guy drops an instant shield on anyone, and he has a gun shield that gives him like more HP when he's uh, when you're shooting him, when getting shot up front. So. Uh, but yeah, what do you think, Dango? What do you uh how do you think um some legends would be do you think some uh some of the more underappreciated legends would be used more in this new mode?
2: Um this this new mode will definitely bring to light um the strongest points of um I would say underrated or underpicked uh legends in the battle royale mode. Well, personally I'm not I'm not a, uh, I'm not a tier like I'm not a tier loyalist. Um, <laughs> I do know though that people do have like a tier list for, for characters in just about any game, and more so in Apex Legends where it's a hero shooter, so different abilities, different strengths, different weaknesses, etc. And um, this game will bring to light like people who thought oh, this hero is weak or underpowered like it will just show like in a gunfight in this kind of scenario this is why they are a big threat so in addition to what you mentioned um i would also say that someone who in my opinion is an okay character will like really shine here i think would be bangalore because in a limited area in a limited area um, your smoke screen can be used to its full potential defensively or offensively. Where, in most cases in a battle royale setting, you literally use it as a smoke screen to get from point A to point B. Or if you're under fire, you place that down, hope the enemy team doesn't have a, a uh, the, the scanner with the ult. But in addition to that, it also makes sure your teammates can recover, you know, rotate without being seen. But in an arena setting, um, it's just like it's a whole, there's the whole new dynamic now for the smokes. Like, it can be used definitely offensively because in a small area, if your opponents cannot see where you're coming from, that turns into a whole um, situation where they have to play defensively. They can't just peek out of smoke with uh no abandon because they'll just get shot at because in most cases uh uh, the team with the bangalore will slowly you know encroach on the whole smoked area and um while i do well i know that bloodhound has always been like a safe strong pick (laughs) i think uh in addition to bloodhound bloodhound and lifeline like if there was uh, I don't think there will be because the hero pool is fairly small, but it's understandable. Um, If there was like ban one hero, I would definitely ban Lifeline 100% of the time. Because (laughs) the fact that Lifeline can res someone and just leave them there, I'm just, I'm like, whoa, that's. That's a whole, like, you're leaning in so much into the lore and theme of lifeline being an actual medic. Like, yeah, that's good. But in an arena setting, that's really, really annoying. Because imagine downing someone, they go behind cover. Normally, what you would do is you would reload, recover yourself, or reposition. But in that situation, and you know they still have a lifeline, you're like, "I I cannot let the this momentum that we have slow down we have to press it and sometimes if the enemy team is smart they can set up a trap or like a proper line of sight where when you try to finish off their downed opponent you just screwed yourself over and your team
1: yeah okay oh yeah i didn't notice. Yeah. yeah the lifeline is gonna be annoying i mean she is already so hard to deal with in the battle royale (laughs) Like especially with her skill set right now. But yeah, uh I, I really hope this changes the legend meta because you know, I think arena and battle royale would be would have their would have huge differences. So I think I just hope that more le- more of the underpick legends would be appreciated here. And yeah, I think that's it for arena mode. Uh, I'm excited for this. Uh they said that they're not gonna do any rank thing rank stuff and oh looking at the comments arena so said, arena should have an objective to make it even better and i think that would be nice to have in the near future but since they're since they're making since this is a fresh new idea i think yeah they're going to ease in people to arena mode before they add anything uh anything new but uh, they said they're definitely adding ranks. So what do you think about that, Dango? Like, putting an objective in arena mode.
2: Mm, I will entertain that idea. But I think if you want to play an objective style kind of mode, I think it would be better as a separate game mode rather than it being integrated in arena mode. Because the way I see it, for example, um, like, back in the day when we've, when the only FPS game we practically known at the time was Counter-Strike, there were only two game modes. There was deathmatch and, well, bomb and red and uh, rescue the hostages. And you could argue that, well, technically, for both uh, hostage and bomb game mode, technically, if you play it like a deathmatch, it, it's, it's the same result. You just kill everyone on the other side and you win. Well that yeah. is true. Do note that having the objective included adds a whole caveat to yeah, we can win in a straight up gunfight, but would it be easier
0: <laughs> if we
2: just won the objective? Because that is that that's where the whole word cheese really started. Like you can be crap at aiming in Counter-Strike, Valorant, Rainbow Six Siege, whatever. But if you know how to properly utilize your equipment and your abilities, you can win a round without firing or even killing a single person. And I have seen it happen in Rainbow Six Siege myself. Yeah. Oh, like God. a properly executed smoke on the site so they cannot directly fire at you. You plant the diffuser and the whole post plant situation is just Hell, because they don't know they have an idea where you are, but because of how much uh, easier it was for you to plant the diffuser, you probably plant it in a location where if they try to diffuse it, they just get popped. Or I guess in Counter Strike, rushing a site, as much as the memes uh, have said that that's not a real tactic. No, it's only a it's only a meme tactic if poorly executed. But when it's properly executed. Yeah, it's it's not it's not so just longer. in Counter Strike but also in Valorant. It is yeah. very difficult to defend when people are throwing flashes, smokes, Molleys, grenades in your face. And even if you try to just peek out, probably the whole team is there waiting for you to pop your head and just blast you with one headshot. I mean, and even if they cannot aim, like pros or whatnot, the fact that they can just execute a properly planned rush and plant is just very dangerous more dangerous than a straight-up gunfight in my opinion so that's why i think while the idea of adding objectives in arena mode might be a good idea i think it would be a better idea to just have it as a separate game mode because arena mode to me if i were to translate it arena mode is practically team deathmatch
0: yeah it's a, it's a traditional, like,
2: kill in. enemy team. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: All right, I just wanted to sneak in and mention uh, Izzy Fuzz's, um earlier comment. Mm-hmm. He said, Dango Flash should write a book,
2: I would buy it. <laughs> what, uh, <you> Wait. So. <laughs> a book, or <All> right. <laughs> what not... kind of book? <laughs> I, I'd anyway. like to know that.
1: So, yeah, but I think, yeah, I think objectives would kind of hurt the uh, the essence of what arena mode is like. You know, I think it's it's it stems from people complaining that I hate third parties. If I were in a three v three fight in a fair three v three fight, I would beat this team. So I think this is mm-hmm. like the culmination of that frustration into one game mode. But I'm excited for this, and uh, I'm looking forward to trying this on once it launches. So let's mm-hmm. go. Um, next next thing we have to talk about is Valkyrie. Now, yeah. when she was introduced. People had flashbacks on how good Horizon was in Season 7 and how good she still is now in this current season. Um, people are scared of Flying Legends. Um, I think I, I remember comparing uh, Horizon to the likes of Jet in Valorant, where high super high mobility characters in an, in an FPS game kind of breaks the system by being just so hard to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the initial fear of Valkyrie, but eventually, when I when um the like when character trailers popped up and some uh early gameplay footage, early testing footage come came up, uh looks like Valkyrie is uh is a highly mobile legend, but they did enough to like make sure that she doesn't be she doesn't become as broken as uh Day One Horizon in that sense because day one horizon was a nightmare and there's a reason i sometimes i run horizon in apex because having her is just like
2: she is annoying to fight that yeah have,
1: like having her against another squad with a horizon is like uh helps even the odds a bit but yeah she is really a handful to deal with and uh with valkyrie being a flying legend uh people are scared but i think based on um Based on gameplay footage, I think they did enough to do to differentiate her from Horizon, while not being too over while not being overpowered. So, what do you think about Valkyrie? First thoughts, Dango.
2: Well, not just Valkyrie in particular, but when it comes to balancing a hero character that has abilities and whatnot, I always like going back to the whole philosophy that. Ubisoft's uh, Rainbow Six Siege team does. Um, they have this philosophy where no hero, character, agent, operator should be able to have a global influence on the match with just one push of the button. And they had one operator that had that. That was Launch Day Lion. That's why he was literally put in a competitive quarantine where ranked matches and official esports tournaments banned him like they cannot use him they did that so that teams and competitive players didn't waste a ban on lion because everyone knew that he was just straight up broken and he was so broken like all you had to do was push one button and that's his ability and you're good to go like god you're so oppressive so when it comes to when I use that philosophy, whenever I see hero shooters or shooters where like individual like skills and whatnot come into play, so not just in Valorant, but obviously also in Apex, I look out for heroes that have can they influence the the whole situation, the whole field with just one push of a button, be it an ultimate or a skill. If it's not the case in any and every scenario, then I think it's fairly balanced. So for example, um let's take a very under, in my opinion, someone who's really, really underpicked. It's it's let's take Watson, for example. Um you have to set you need, you need two poles to set up a trap that actually works. And to be fair, it's not it's very situational because in a big field unless those traps are already set up, no one is going to allow you to put those traps in the middle of a gunfight, unless you're in the perfect situation to do so. And even if you did, you have people like Horizon, Pathfinder, uh, Octane, that can just help their teammates get over the trap. And her ult, it's very... You'd think that uh the regenerate on the shields is very fast not exactly and in my opinion it shouldn't be fast it's fairly slow it's 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 meant to do what it's supposed to do it's not meant to recover your shields it's meant to um strengthen your foothold in an area because the reason why it's shield regeneration is slow is because watson is categorized as a defender not as a support or a healer if she was a healer then maybe that ult would regen faster, but if that if that did do it, then I think she would be picked a lot more often. Another example would be, uh, let's say, um, let's say one of the base heroes. Yeah, let's take uh, Wraith for example. There's a reason now why Wraith has to channel her standard skill, right? Because yeah. <laughs> to be fair, while it's defensive, it's really annoying when you have your R-99 or your basically Assault Rifle or SMG ready to just down her in like two seconds. But the moment you breathe on her, she just pops that and then runs away. I'm like, wow, that is annoying. So yeah. um, while it's not oppressive, it's just really punishing for you because you just wasted ammo you revealed yourself to the enemy and worst you have to reload your clip if you didn't have a uh, trigger discipline so that's why they added oh, yeah. like the channel so, for rates ability damn. so she, she has to she can't just use it um willy-nilly like it has to be deliberate it has to be planned and even if you use it on reaction it's at least it's not as cheap or cheesy as it was before, and that's just my opinion. So, with Valkyrie, um, I of course I cannot say much based on the trailer because the trailer doesn't show us numbers, it just shows us the kit in action. But we don't know how much damage those missiles are doing, we, we don't know how, uh, like in gameplay like in actual gameplay while it is a gameplay trailer it's different when you have ping and uh this the current situation in effect you don't know if valkyrie's movement is really fast or if it's just right and if the missiles don't hurt as much then i guess it follows my general philosophy of uh not not having influence but with with the push of a button
1: yeah so I think I Mm -hmm. can say one thing Uh, about Horizon. uh, uh, about Valkyrie. Um, based on the testing for season nine, um, her missiles deal like around twenty-five, and then has this Arc Star effect, which we'll talk about later.
2: Oh my goodness. Well, uh, I'll wait to see it in action before I put a verdict. But uh, in my yeah. opinion, as long as she's not push one button win, then I think she's in an okay spot. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I think they made her jets, her flying jets, uh, not fast enough, so you can still shoot her out of the sky if you, if you're good at, if you're, if you have good aim. So yeah, yes, that's yes. good. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's Valkyrie and one fun fact she is the daughter of Viper from Titanfall 2, which is an annoying boss battle. Uh that's one thing that's really awesome. I just like the Titanfall connection um getting stronger and stronger each season, but yeah, that's Valkyrie and next season we have uh we also have a new weapon called the Bowcheck Bow. Check bow. <laughs> uh I just I just find the name so weird, Bowcheck and it's a bow like you can just call it the bow check. Um, I was actually going to yeah, say, why not
2: just call it, it the bow check?
1: <laughs> yeah, it like it's it's just easier. Um, it's just so, it just sounds so redundant if, if you still put bow on it. Um, but yeah, naming aside, uh, the bow check bow looks like a weapon that can change uh, another way to change how you play the game. And one noteworthy feature is that it has two hop ups. And you can equip both hop ups at the same time, which I think you know. I think that would be bound for some nerfing soon. But let's take a look at the hop ups. The hop ups uh, one is Shatter Caps. Shatter Caps gives like the bow a shotgun effect, mm-hmm. so it's great for close range. It's great for. It's basically the a uh, great uh, hop up to use when you're in a pinch, if because mm-hmm. you know you're using a marksman weapon, and. Oh, you're using a marksman weapon of course, so you need a bit of insurance that it can at least hit someone uh, within five feet of you. So uh, there's that, and then there's Dead Man's Temple, which is kinda scary from how it looks because it because it allows you to ramp up the speed of your the the firing rate by after hitting. A a player, so the more you hit, the the more the faster it goes. So that's gonna be scary. That's gonna be um. That's gonna be weird. But yeah. Uh, also, uh, it can only use one time, two time, and three time sights, which is for me fair because if you put a sniper scope on that, I'd hate it. Uh, I'd hate it a lot. But um, yeah. Uh, I, I remember joking to my friend that. Hey, look, they put a Warframe weapon in Apex. <laughs> that's that's interesting. But yeah, um Yeah, your thoughts, Dango, on this.
2: Well, first thing I thought when they added the bow, I'm like, oh boy, we really haven't recovered that from that whole phase where if if you can give a character a bow and arrow, just do it because it's popular. <laughs> We've had it. For the past couple of years, like Tomb Raider, Horizon Zero Dawn, Last of Us, characters that have had a bow and arrow. And to be fair, using a bow and arrow is fun. (laughs) But I find it even more hilarious when in an era where people are teleporting, scanning through walls. uh, Throwing black holes. Throwing black, uh, throwing a, a friggin' event horizon, black holes, um, Geneva Convention questioning tactics. Uh, yes, I'm looking at you, uh, caustic. Uh, High tech weapons. Here, bow and arrow. What? Wow. <laughs> I mean, here,
1: I get it. I get it when they put it in Horizon Zero Dawn because, you know, it's like they got bombed back to the Stone Age in some sense. But yeah, putting it on Apex, wow.
2: It's hilarious. Yeah, but jokes aside, as a weapon, I think it's a good uh, bridge between, like, in my opinion, there are only two. There are only two DMRs right now. Uh, Before the bow. Uh, You've had the longbow, what a coincidence there, bow, check, bow, longbow. Um, You have the longbow and the G7 Scout. So the G7 Scout is a lot easier to use and it's more versatile than the longbow because at mid, mid to mid long range and even at short range, it's very easy to use. The recoil is very generous. Regardless of what sc- site you slap on it, it's very accurate. As for the longbow, that that DMR is, l- like, meant for mid to long range. Anything closer than mid range is a bit of a stranger danger territory. And I think a the bow bow... Yes, a nightmare. I think the bow bow, though, is a bridge between the two where... Um, it can basically be a more painful P twenty K pistol with the with the first hop up, or it yeah. can be it can be like a more reliable Mozambique or Evo eight with the shotgun hop up. But either way, the fact that it's categorized as a DMR means that if you are accurate with it, it is going to hurt. Because that is what, that is the identity I attach to DMRs and sniper rifles. You have to be accurate with them. You don't have to control recoil. You just have to be really accurate with them. If you're able to, um, like, if I were to compare how a gunfight with an assault rifle and a sniper rifle or DMR would be like, as a snipe, if using an SMG and an assault rifle, it's more of a, not how well can you aim, but how well can you control the recoil? Because within a whole clip, you should hit them with like X number of clips. But with a DMR or a sniper rifle, you're not counting how many times did you hit. You're counting how many times did you miss because that's more important. It's more important to hit your shots with a DMR sniper rifle than an assault rifle and a submachine gun because generally... Assault rifles and submachine guns have larger clip sizes and they reload pretty fast. But DMRs and sniper rifles have a fairly low clip size and reload quite slow. And that's really just because of balance. And I guess you can say a bit of realism with a heavier clip of heavier type of ammo, whatever it hurts more. But the balanced out. You have to be really accurate. Like <laughs> imagine, yeah, imagine if you could fire an op from the hip as you were as if you were firing um an AK or an M four from Counter Strike, straight up broken, right? <laughs> and that's why you have to aim with uh, the DMR. And as long as the bow check bow punishes bad aim, then I think it's a it's a well-balanced weapon but of course we'll have to wait and see for the launch to see how much damage it does depending on the hop-ups we'll
1: see yeah i i I don't i didn't have a clear even though i've watched a few uh testing clips yeah i don't have a clear idea on how the what the default damage is so yeah it's there are times that it looks devastating (laughs) but yeah uh it it rewards it's a high skill seeding weapon from how it looks like already like for me, I think it's it's really it's really down to how well you can how well your reflexes can handle this weapon. But mm-hmm. um, last part, uh, let's look at the patch notes uh, very real quick. Um, so uh, what the what the patch notes say? A few more details. Oh, before you go, that. Uh, Oh yeah, Dango. Someone felt attacked with your rate assessment on the comments. My rate <laughs> with rate how you assessment. talked about rate. yeah, with how you talked about rate a while ago. Oh,
2: what? Yeah, but day. yeah,
1: but yeah, it's understandable that rate has yeah the escape ability of rate is just. You know, you're it's one shot. to
2: deal with it is you're one to two
1: shots away from knocking her down and then she and disappears.
2: then boom. <laughs> but as a Wraith Bane, don't worry, you have my sympathies. I am not a fan of the nerf, but I understand why it had to be done. To yeah, be fair. I mean,
1: <laughs> to yeah, The be insta fair. the insta escape was uh was kinda game breaking, but it was it was fun while it lasted. Um oh yeah, imagine Horizon's black hole. And Valkyrie's missiles. Oh, that's gonna be insane. I think it's gonna be worse than um Fuses Ultimate with Bla- with Horizon's Ultimate.
2: <laughs> I mean to be fair, that's literally Zarya and Farah from Overwatch.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. the same
2: effect.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's look at the patch notes and oh there are yeah they mentioned the maps of um they mentioned the maps of arena mode, so there's party crasher where Mirage the Mirage Voyage may have finally found its home because it crashed on a planet so that's one phase runner which is a yeah phase runner which is a um which is the biggest map in the arena mode uh and it looks like to be the signature map of arena mode because there's a teleporter Mm -hmm. there's lots of places to take height get cover and uh, and the whole shebang. Um, next one, uh, the other maps is uh, from the game maps itself. Um, artillery from King's Canyon, which is I like, which I like because uh, I love fight. I love going to artillery. I love um, King's the other Canyon one is map. yeah. Uh, although I would have liked to see airbase, although airbase would be a bit too small for an arena map. Um, Golden Gardens from Olympus, which is a, as I would say, third-party central. It's a, re- it's a map with lots oh, yeah. of houses, and it's kind of annoying to fight because everyone is inside the house or on top of the roof or both. Like, it's just bad. And then we get Thermal Station, which is a really huge corner of World's Edge, and uh, a favorite drop spot. Uh, it's kind of tricky to fight. So that's one thing to note on that. Yep. So yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Someone mentioned about the mobile version. We'll talk about that after the patch notes real quick. Um, New Legend Valkyrie, OK. She has her VTOL Jets as passives. Um, one thing worth noting about her passive is that she cannot shoot while flying. You have to cancel okay, it, so really she sure. shoots while dropping. So that's that, that prevents any trauma from Horizon. Mm -hmm. So, oh, by the way, she's a recon class, so uh, she can scan beacons. And one of her passives is that she can scan people on her kind of sight while skydiving. So you can know if there's an enemy diving with you, which is a godsend for me. (laughs) Because sometimes you don't hear anyone dropping on your your ass when when you're just starting. Like, oh... Oh, there's like three people next to me? I didn't hear that. (laughs) But yeah, um, the bow check. Oh yeah, uh Olympus Olympus has a map change. They changed one corner of the map, like an infected version of the map. So uh I think it's gonna it's gonna change up. Oh, um this one is important, Dango. Uh, starter kit and loot changes. So when you drop, you now have white, a white helmet, white shield, knockdown shield level one. Two shield cells and two syringes. What do you think about that?
2: <laughs> well, this uh, doing this just makes bad RNG less of a pain. Yeah. Like, in yeah. my opinion, it's less of a pain now that you have a starter kit. I think that um, it doesn't break the whole RNG element of a battle royale, but it at least doesn't punish a team that has bad RNG
1: yeah i remember i remember dropping with no with nothing and then someone in front of me has a vault (laughs) so like i remember those moments and if i had this starter kit i think i would have tried i would have made a bit more effort to survive on that fight so yeah i think this is healthy
2: (laughs) because to be fair when you drop to a point one of the first things you're gonna look for is a weapon not necessarily armor or or recovery items because especially when you know that there is another team that dropped near you, you want to look for a gun, any gun. So the, the fact that after you pick up a gun, you don't have to worry about having no armor or no helmet, that's at least a plus.
1: Yeah, I think I think this just uh, makes people go straight into combat more quickly than ever. Like, this yep. is good. And that the fact that you have a fighting chance by having heals is, is kind of kind of a great thing. And mm-hmm. uh, like the Evo shield, uh, like you know, making Evo shields permanent, a permanent feature. I think this is gonna be uh, one of the healthiest updates that they have. <laughs> this is gonna be really good. Uh, next is emotes. Well, uh, I don't have to say too much about emotes, but yeah, there's <laughs> emotes are fun. Uh, I think doing them in the middle of a firefight is is dumb but fun funny but yeah they're em- they're emos now in Apex so that's it. <laughs> um, oh yeah okay, legend updates. Uh, low profile characters. There's no more low profile. Like no more. Uh, there's no HP deduction. There's no no more. Le- there are no legends that take more damage because there's they have small hitboxes. So that's
2: one. I think that's, that's a. a- like a lot of people might think it's a nerf to Wraith, but uh, in my honest opinion, at high level of play, I think the fact that they removed that is a technical bug
1: Yeah. Because on high
2: level play, people don't miss. They just don't.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it's really healthy. It's really great. And um, yeah, Uh, thank you. Go Profile no longer exists. They removed it on Pathfinder this season, so I think the experiment worked. Um, Lifeline now, Lifeline has been kind of reworked. So Lifeline no longer deploys a shield when she revives someone. So that's kind of nice. God. But she can now revive two players at the same time. But she can also cancel. Yeah, she can also cancel revives that are in progress. So you so you know it allows teammates who are not to use knockdown shields just mm-hmm. in case. And the healing drone has been uh, buffed a bit. The heal rate is increased. So there's that, and the care package because you know the care package has been pretty much um, useless in Apex. Like you know, you you drop it, but it doesn't really give you a guaranteed update. Now it does. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. uh it's it's now five bits for cooldown. It now guarantees an upgrade in three categories. So. It, if you have a shield, if you have a shield, a low level shield, you can drop the care package and It will give you something better. So that's really good. Um, Octane. Octane has been went from like B tier legend, C tier legend to like S tier legend, and it's been being used in competitive games, uh, in just like a season, just because they they gave more attention to his kit. Um, they improved this kit now. They're gonna nerf him. Uh, stim cooldown is reduced from four sec. Ah, uh, wait. Uh, reduce the cooldown from one second to four seconds. So uh, I don't think uh, I think it allows people to just um, not spam stim. And also, the health cost from for for using a stim is now 20 HP from 12 HP. So. I guess that's okay because octanes are kinda annoying to face in they they're kind of the same category as run uh in the runaway as rate yeah so I can say this is uh this is a fair shake um also increased bullet spread when running when using the launch pad so that's one while well, firing on the launch pad now my favorite one is roba Roba has been buffed because you know roba's tactical doesn't work sometimes. <laughs> Like yeah. it works sixty percent of the time, and on the forty percent that it doesn't, you're the one you're you're being shot. But now, um, her tactical can be used while running and sliding, and once she goes to her, once she teleports, she no longer gets slowed down as well. She can run normal speed. So, really and then good. they fixed they fixed a lot of bugs essentially. So it so it's this by this season by next season it should work. So that's the goal. Um, Black Market, they increased the cooldown because I think, yeah, it was a bit too fast. Goba was a bit too... Her ultimate yeah, was. was a bit too fast.
2: Yeah, it was.
1: early like, game, but it was too good ergie game. It's too good. Like, you get instant loot very, 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 very quick. So that's annoying. Uh, what else? Um, Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Horizon is basically nerfed to the ground. So... Uh, her lift speed has been reduced by thirty percent. She no longer has uh, her side to side strafe. Uh, upon ascending, is lowered, is slowed down. And then, if you can stay, and the amount of time you can stay on top of her gravity lift is now two seconds instead of like I think it was like ten seconds. You can stay there for like a while before you drop, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, you could.
1: So now they basically um, nerfed her a lot and um and also her ultimate can now be zapped by watson so that's nice so i think it it gives watson a bit more usability
2: yeah yeah you can't just uh you can't uh throw stuff uh through it anymore because that used to be like
1: consequence and it's gonna be good. Um, Fuse now has two charges of his knuckle cluster, which allows him to, you know, grenade spam. Because the goal of um, the goal of Fuse was like he's the guy who who's the grenadier of the team, so of sorts. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, Bangalore they thickened the smoke. So Dango, when you were mentioning Bangalore smoke, I think yeah, she's gonna be great for arena now with her thickened smoke. Definitely. He's- um bloodhound no longer rece- receives assists from his tactical, which is fair because you know you just scan the guy you didn't shoot. That's unfair if you get an assist in that. <laughs> um, Crypto's drone can now scan in open care packages, which is nice. Uh, he can no longer but he can no longer use his drone to hijack a respawn beacon. That use, but he can still use respawn beacons. Uh, weapon updates. There's the marksman weapon category. Which uh, basically adjusts the stray speed of uh, marksman weapon, marksman weapons. Instead of, they're faster than snipers but slower than ARs and SMGs. Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, supply drop rotation. The oh yeah, the peacekeeper is now ground loot. What do you think about that?
2: As a person who rolled, who preferred the peacekeeper even over the what? What's the Mastiff. mastiff? Yeah, the mastiff even at launch even though mastiff was a red like epic gun um i still preferred the peacekeeper over it so i'm really glad that it's a ground drop now like thank god
1: yeah but i wish they brought back the mastiff inside the care package just to balance things out so but still shotgun meta is gonna be crazy triple take is now the care package weapon because I think, yeah, the triple take is the easiest sniper to use in game. <laughs> and it's the f- one that allows you to survive close range the most. Um,
2: yes, I agree with that.
1: Pops, uh, we talked about the hop-ups. They nerfed, they reduced the headshot damage ro- of ARs. So uh, mm. they're just continuing that. Triple take, ground blue, Havoc. Uh, they, they, made the, they buffed the recoil, so it's easier to control. And for the Spitfire, they increased the recoil. But apart from that, they didn't do anything to the Spitfire. And for me, um, it's the most annoying gun this season. What do you think about the Spitfire, Dago?
2: Um, as as someone who picks, uh, wait, what's the? I keep forgetting the name. The one with the Gatling gun as an ult?
1: Oh, rampart!
2: Rampart, thank you. Um, as someone who picks rampart very often because of the LMG passive buff, I highly agree. There have been many times where I win gunfights like way too easily just because I'm using the Spitfire.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like I don't. Know. It's for me the concept of the Spitfire is that while the enemy is reloading, you're not. <laughs> you're yeah, still you're shooting. not it's it's uh it break, kind of breaks the fight you can squad wipe with this in one clip so that's that's you really can. busted so i mean, think they're, they're gonna
2: wanted, i think just a personal was. opinion if they wanted to um maybe i wouldn't say buff or nerf but if they wanted to uh if they wanted to tweak how lmg's work they can give this whole reduced Con- Recall controllability early in the pattern thing, normal. But when you're crouching, uh, it's not as much because I mean you you do know that the golden rule in FPS games is that crouching makes you a very easy target because your yeah. head is now chest level.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the crazy part. Um, okay, that's the Spitfire thirty thirty now can use the hop ups of the bow. So that's. That makes the thirty thirty a bit more useful. Although I'm not gonna use it still. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a weird gun to use. Um, longbow and wingman have the increased headshot multiplier. So you know, I think they're removing the skull piercer for this one for the Yeah. They removed the hammer points, so they're buffing the Mozambique and P twenty twenty by expanding their mag sizes. So.
2: Ooh, lovely. I love those guns.
1: Uh, arc stars. Uh, aim and movement. Uh, slowed are now removed. So when you get stuck, you can still run and shoot.
2: Yeah, that's. I think that's a very good uh nerf yeah. to the Arc Star.
1: because uh I think as a controller player, our sensitivity lowers so much when we get slowed. Like even the sensitivity of the aim is just like busted when we get stuck. So like I'm dead, <laughs> I'm just gone. Like so, yeah, even apart from- if.
2: Even if it's quite difficult to hit someone with the Arc Star directly, at least getting hit by it doesn't mean the end of the world immediately.
1: Yeah, I think this is this gives a fair shake to uh, to fights. Um, but yeah, uh, with those patch notes, I think it makes fights a bit more interesting now. Um, yeah, I, I, it's of course you know Apex Legends is gonna be a sweat fest from <laughs> until <laughs> sweat fest all day for the most yeah, like for yeah. the most part of the day but yeah i think these changes are kind of healthy especially the armor change the, the fact that you have healing and a shield instantly that's going to be good um oh yeah i think oh yeah um before we leave this topic um we're going to talk about uh, oh uh, have you, have you seen the apex legends mobile
2: um version <laughs> i i did see i did see some screenshots of it and to be fair um although people are like oh, this is why mobile games aren't taken seriously to be fair the whole point of mobile games is to be able to play it on a cell phone
1: yeah and the fact to that's... be
2: fair the fact that you're able to play a battle royale on a phone like i know PUBG has done it before and i mean for apex science to do that that's impressive but of course yeah. we'll see how smooth it is like it doesn't oh, yeah. have to be it doesn't have to be graphically impressive it just has to be like performance wise it has to be smooth.
1: Yeah. Oh although I did see someone stream this <laughs> which is kinda of funny they streamed the beta version um Pathfinder is not yet there. I think they could not handle adjusting Pathfinder for mobile which I was fearing because how can you adjust this how can you adjust certain movement legends <laughs> in in a mobile platform so i think they're gonna fix that it, it's gonna take a while for them to find out the right formula for although battle royale games on mobile platforms have been done well before so next one um now we're at there now we're at our second promo so stephen will show up and talk about our little promo with shopee
0: all right so thanks to our friends at shopee for helping us get these affiliate links uh, do click on the tinyurl.com slash Shopee TGJ. You can get uh, vouchers, discounts, and all on Shopee's 5.5 sale, which is actually happening this Wednesday. So if you're listening to this right now, maybe you're listening on a Tuesday night, click on our link, tinyurl.com slash Shopee and we get a small portion from each uh, click, uh, each successful sale. All right. So before we continue, let's take a look at the comments. We've got
2: is yeah, he
0: he's a PK main here? Ah, okay. All right. See ya. All right. So we are now an hour in. I'm not sure how much longer we um Dango Flash we will be. We have one over. more
1: nice little topic yes. to finish right. off the day. So let's, let's finish it on.
0: off Please. strong with Dango Flash and Genshin Impact.
1: Okay, Genshin Impact. Let's go. The Genshin Impact version 1.5. Um, well, this is one of the... This is, uh, I can say, bigger than the previous two updates in terms of just a lot. There's a, just so much content that was introduced to the game. Um, and it's really uh, it's really a lot of content. But let's start with it. Um, first off, uh, the newest thing about 1.5 is that there are two new characters, which are surprising since you know they're pretty fresh, like you haven't seen them, they're not mentioned before. So, it was I find it interesting. So, that was Yura and Yanfei. Yanfei is a Riwei character who's kind of like Ganyu, uh, Illuminated Beast, who's a legal advisor for uh, in Liwei And then Yura is a knight of Avonius, uh, a cryo user, and Yanfei is Pyro. So, yeah. This is interesting. So what do you think about the characters, Dango? The new the two new guys?
2: I did try to roll for Yanfei this banner, but instead I got C2 Diluc. So that means I am on a guaranteed character banner pity, so I'm saving up for Eula when she nice. comes out. Because uh, I've always wanted a, a greatsword primary DPS, and um, the whole kit that I've seen so far from Yula looks very interesting. As for Yen Fei, um not not to uh, throw anything at Klee mains, but I I always I, I did like the idea of having another pyro magic user. Because to be fair, I just find Klee as a Pyrocaster a bit clunky because of the animations and the overall flow of how her attacks go. But I can over honestly, I can overlook it because clay is still fun to use. But after seeing like what Yenfei can do and whatnot, I'm like, very interesting.
1: Yeah, really. Uh yeah, I find them really good. Like, I think one thing I notice about both of them is that their attack animations are kind of smooth. Like Yula's guys like very very quick for a Claymore user, and Yanfei is quick for a Catalyst user. It's like they're really fun. They look really fun to use. They have a great set of skills, and yeah, I, I'm rolling for Yanfei too. But I got a C6 Diona and a C5 Noel, so I'm I'm fine with it. I'm I'm getting. Oh, the- I I
2: live by this philosophy. Love your roles, and your roles will love you. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, I, I that. Jean.
1: I'm okay with the I'm okay with the rolls I got. I got jean instead of uh Pertaglia. So if I keep on rolling I I can get a Zhongli. But if I miss out on that, I I'm getting that means either, shields to uh, get so, Viola, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with either. Although I kind of want a Zhongli because uh shields.
2: Zhongli <laughs> is Jean-Li's straight up broken. Yeah. Like broken in a good way.
1: Yeah, I like it, it. It helps, he helps so much in fights. But apart from the new characters, there are also new bosses: um, Ajdaha and uh, the Cryo Hypostasis. Um, I want to talk about the Cryo Hypostasis first because, um, for me, this is the strongest hypostasis out of every hypostasis in the game right now. Um, it has wide range attacks and it can kill you. It can kill your characters if you just stay still. You really need shields for this fight too. What do you think about? The is new your cra- f-
2: what? Oh yeah. Well, the, you were. I was uh, getting to where you were gonna ask me anyway. What I think about it. Uh, let's not forget, you're also fighting the thing in Dragon Spine. So, you yeah. Know, oh yeah. The whole yeah. You're cold the effect. Cold and giant- <laughs> the whole cold effect. <laughs> So unless you have a really strong pyro character, you are not going to down that cryo hypo before you have to deal with uh, the cold effect.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm ha- I'm just happy that I I rolled D look on the standard banner, and now I at least have a chance on destroying disciple stasis on a regular basis because it's really hard.
2: Next is well, Ashna I have C one Hutao. My C one oh, wow. Hutao practically. Yeah. Yeah, my one huto practically melts it, but still, I yeah, have to I have to be not careless because yeah, one because slip up, I'm like, yeah, your your huto is gone. After, yeah, my will be mistake.
1: gone. Uh, let's go to Azdaha, which is like uh, essentially Primo Geo Bishop on steroids, a bit yep. larger than that. Uh, it's this is an AOE attack fest of a boss battle. When I faced him, um. Lots of geo attacks, lots of underground attacks, lots of AOE attacks, pretty much. It's just really difficult to deal with. You really need the shield character for this guy. Uh, And then the fact that he changes elements is just annoying. So you really need to bring um, multiple element characters there. But yeah, what's your impression of Azdaha if you played it?
2: Uh, Don't worry. I, I cleared all of the content already so that every day it's just the usual daily, dailies, dailies. Yeah, they... um as a boss fight I was very satisfied because I'm like um comparing the fights with um Storm Terror tartalia and uh Lupus Boreas I would say that Ashdaha was a breath of fresh air. Yeah I would say I think that Ashdaha say... Big Ash fight. Hell, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Ash the Ha is unfair, but I would say Ash the Ha was a very decent challenge, an enjoyable challenge, I'd say.
1: Yeah. And I think the story has like uh, a bit more spoiler though, but had trial genre, so it was kind of fun. <laughs> Yay! Yes. It was it you was know, that made it that, that gave a nice degree that yeah, it was really challenging because you it makes you realize that you really need someone with a shield for that fight. It's yeah, so you need it. It's so hard. You're gonna get destroyed in a few minutes without without any semblance of a shield in front of you. So yeah, really great boss fight. And yeah, apart from that, let's see Let's see. Um before we go to the housing update, I wanna talk about the two the recent event, um energy amplifier initiation, which introduces like a new domain challenge and like introduces super buffed enemies were you able to try that dango it was so crazy when i tried yes, it. it was so I difficult have. i it got so not,
2: pissed it is not an easy fight to solo at the to say the least it is not easy if you're running all debuffs even minus the timer and health debuffs on expert difficulty it's not an easy fight
1: yeah like it, and the fact that you start fighting Geo Bishop hatchlings, plus a Geo Bishop, plus Geo Bishop, it was just why <laughs> I don't want to face these enemies anymore. But yeah, it was it was crazy. But you still, but hey, you get a free Diona.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: and free um, Primos,
2: and, and a lot of free stuff. Lots, of,
1: lots free. of gems, man. Lots of free Primo gems on that event. So it's really crazy, though. Uh, but next is the prop hunt event, also known as Wind Trace. Like, oh, I find that funny because uh, I think we joked around that this was the first time Genshin had to have a, has a PvP mode of sorts. So, you know, hide and seek. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, it's a fun casual mode in the midst of every challenging thing they have put in this update <laughs> because it's really tricky. Like, the new bosses are tricky. The This event is tricky even though you have uh, like uh, the disc that allows you to uh, give yourself buffs it's still tricky it's the difficulty it's still difficult.
2: Is... still difficult
1: it's uh it's like for the best of the best like you need to really have a you need to have like a really 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 great lineup for this one um, but apart from that with all the difficult enemy updates that they have put let's talk about something a bit more pleasant a bit more enjoyable and somewhat addictive in this update, which is the housing system. Oh, boy. Hey, okay, uh, I want to ask, first thing, first question here, Dango, how many trees have you wrecked in this game? Have you slapped in this in this update?
2: I'm glad I don't destroy the trees. I just slap them. Because if they destroy the trees, I think I may have triggered global warming in, in the whole of Tevye.
1: Yeah, I think. Have deforested, they've uh, so many yeah, times bet, yeah. over, but yeah, um, um mm-hmm. yeah, it's just really lots of wood, <laughs> just, just of so wood. much it wood, many wood. Um, but yeah, uh, housing system basically allows you to have a little realm for yourself where you have a nice little uh, mansion and a place where you can construct furniture, place furniture. You get you can be your interior, you can be your own interior designer. in in the game and you can create your own little town which i i appreciate it i really like yeah. it um there's so many pieces of furniture to get basically it's like they put every asset in the game almost every asset in the game inside that little realm so you can create your yeah. own um your own little version of leeway monstat or a hybrid of both and just enjoy relax like and I, what I like the fact that some of the things you can construct, you can interact with. Like you can, you can have, you can create your own forge, you can create your own stove, and that's really nice. Um, but I like this because it's kind of like Sims, Minecraft. It's kind of weird, and but it's fun at the same time. It's addictive. Um, I, I've seen a lot of impressive designs from players in social media. It's ridiculous on how much them how much customization you can do so dango have you delved into this
2: well as a person who has delved into sims a lot and housing in ff14 in particular yeah. <laughs> um housing in genshin impact is a nice change of pace i will say um i have seen as you said impressive builds as well as some dangerous builds let's just say oh. on social <laughs> I media i think might
1: have an idea on that someone yeah got i mean one.
2: yeah i mean with with enough creativity you can already think of what people do with chong lee and two geo travelers so i'll just put that out there <laughs> uh,
1: I'll, I'll i'll say it's called dong
2: but yeah Let's go. <laughs> I, I, uh, you said it. I was just going to be yeah. indirect, but you said it. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, that aside. Like,
1: with enough creativity, that, yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, seriousness That aside, aside seriousness.
2: I did like the fact that I have my own forge. I have my own stove. Uh, I can set up a little town. And the first thing that came to mind, I'm like, wait a minute. This is new content that they can regularly update. Because whenever they update a game in any game you have two kinds of new content content that is new just for that patch and is in the game permanently and you have new content that is just updated regularly just because of how it's designed and the housing in particular is one of the latter so as we as mihoyo releases new uh regions like inazuma which is the next one this means that we'll get inazuma themed furniture to craft so oh, that's God. another thing to look forward to and we'll also get inazuma themed uh domains because um we have the beach side which is more Mondstadt, and then you have the mountainous and air regions which is practically Liyue. but i guess for the new regions we'll get uh respect uh we'll get themes that fit their respective regions so the new the new housing regions will get will fit the inazuma theme will fit the whole france italy egypt theme etc whatever the future regions will be the one thing though i do hope they update is can we interact with the bed furniture that we have
1: (laughs) just so i I would like to lay down after a day i'd like to give my
2: character i'd like to give Huta a break after Carrying my ass through so many floors of abyss. Like, can I give my poor Huto a break?
1: I would <laughs> like to sleep. give my Ganyu some sleep. Because yes. she has been <laughs> carrying my team since January, essentially. I mean, <laughs> so people, like...
2: meme, people released a meme image of Ganyu. Like, Ganyu in the trailer, bow and arrow. Ganyu in gameplay, bow and nuclear bomb attached to the bow. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, you know, give her a break a bit, you know. Give we, her a break. We, yeah, but yeah, um, I think initial initial thoughts about this update is just, it's pleasant. There's a lot, there's a nice change of pace to everything they add. They added a super difficult event, which was ridiculous, which was kind of, the difficulty was kind of in the ridiculous side, but hey. Uh, people wanted a challenge Miho you just sent them a, sent them a, a challenge slash death sentence so um there's that and then the housing system, yeah, it's just it's just addictive. um I think the the fact that they allowed you to be creative is just you know allowing allowing players to be creative in some in a game is always a great almost always a great thing, although of course, you know there's some weird stuff that come in come come out of it in between so that's it. But yeah. So yeah, Dango, what do you think about
2: 1.5? Um, I think 1.5 is a great patch because I will say that um at least the new content is not that overwhelming. I know like some people might find the housing system to be quite complicated, but at least I can realistically say that you'll eventually grasp it. It's not the kind of content that uh blows you out of the water the moment you try to dabble into it no um like it will be a bit intimidating but at least uh it's it's very casual content it's not like it gives you uh primo gems as rewards and to be fair it's not time content either so you can take it at your own pace
1: Oh, okay. I think before we go, uh, I forgot there are new Hangout events. Um, there's I the Noel Part Two, <laughs> and, and there's Dayona part, part One. Wait, yes. what? You, were you able to finish one of them?
2: Both. I already finished both.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I haven't finished Dayona, but I did finish Noel. And you know, being a Noel main for un- for like forty adventure ranks, I am happy that she has too to hang out. I like her arc. You
2: know, I like her. Yeah, her I enjoyed. Her character her character, arc. Really her
1: character arc, I'll just say without spoilers, it's just so satisfying. It's funny, it's it's adorable, it's admirable. It's just it's like it it perfectly like it perfectly defines what her character is. Like yes. it just it's it just reinforces that. And then it's just so fun to see. And then I haven't tried Diona, but I'm curious on what that content offers because hangout events just
2: oh i wish you good luck i wish you good luck with diona's route by the way i wish you good luck
1: i I, i've heard there i've heard the story paths are kind of confusing so yeah i'm gonna be no 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 not
2: confusing there is one path in particular that you're like um i will say this jude (laughs) if you do not have a background in stealth games i wish you good luck sir
1: Okay, that's gonna be scary. Um, as someone who has, as someone who's, who's only experience is stealth games is Metal Gear Solid. Even though that's a great stealth game, um, I'm kind of bad in that one too. But yeah, hey, um, yeah, 1.5 is a great update. Um, you know, there there are talks of Inazuma coming around soon. Uh, there's, speaking of which, previews- there's
2: another thing I wanted to plug regarding Genshin Impact. Um, now, of course, just like any future additions or things that they plan, take it with a grain of salt. Mihoyo did mention that they did plan to give Electro uh, a buff across the board, um, because wow. generally speaking, people have been saying that out of all the elements, Electro is one of the weakest. Now, as well, a person I can who
1: understand, because I, yeah. I did as a
2: as a person who doesn't have a tier list. I'm not one hundred percent sure. Or no, no, not one hundred percent sure. I don't care what element I use. I just care about how fun is this player. uh, How fun is this character to play? What element is he/she? Don't care. As long as it's fun, I'll play it. But as someone who did get catching as their first five star, I did notice that. Wow. Compared to the other five stars, unless you are C6 catching, catching just feels a bit underwhelming.
1: Now the you know, thing that I, I built her thing that half they, physical uh, just to mm-hmm. compensate.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, the thing that they plan to add, Jude, is that they plan to add this feature, not just for Electro, but this will definitely help Electro. When you hit level 60 with any character, they get a general elemental mastery buff for the respective element.
1: Oh, that's kind of nice. Which I
2: think is really nice. So, um you don't I guess that you don't have to be C6 or C1 uh electro catching, but at least you can utilize her skill because I mean, I did study a bit of her build. Like you do not You do not want to use her skill if you are physical physical catching because you lose your your physical buff. So you're like, wait, what's the point then of having this really nice small cooldown elemental skill if I'm not even allowed to use it, which is sad, right? But now with this buff, I guess auto-catching can be viable, but electro catching is more viable now for those who are c0 and c1 me yeah. i think i'm c1 catching so i don't have to be auto catching i can just i can be electro catching right now yeah, um really but generally cool. this really means that uh electro in particular at least has a general buff across the board which i think is good because um i have they've no favorite i have no favoritism for any element I have no favorite yeah. element in particular. Um I will say that I was really glad when Geo got buffed in particular because it turned my noel into and Ningguang from strong characters to oh my god you are scary four stars. <laughs> like in my opinion even before the buff the Geo buff I considered Ningguang to be a five star a five star but a four star uh a five star. That's a four star in disguise. I'm sorry, <laughs> well, a four Bennett, star. That's a five star in disguise. Sorry, got to mixed yeah, up. Yeah,
1: well, I can just say that the true, the highest tier character in in Genshin is Bennett. That guy is a six star in my eyes. <laughs> six star. Especially Bennett, C. just very... at C one, he's a six star. He buffs yes. everyone. He's a pyro character with the you know combines well with all other elements, and you know. He's just an all-around great guy.
2: Bennett's <laughs> so, chemistry. Bennett's chemistry in any lineup is literally infinite.
1: The fact that it's the fact that the, it fits everything. But yeah, Electro buffs, I agree. Like, um, Electro feels like it doesn't get as much love. It's a re, it's a sol, It's a strong element, but like the, like when you use Cryo or Pyro, it's a bit. It does a bit more damage. it, does, it hurts a it, bit more? So.
2: Now just like wish... you think about the you think about the major design flaw of electro. One of the strongest, in my opinion, one of the strongest elemental reactions of electro is with cryo, that's superconduct, because it shreds physical resistance. But here's the problem: like, wait a minute. Why would I be doing elemental reactions if my major uh if my major benefit from that is a Physical damage buff. That's kind of weird. Now it fits characters like say Rosaria, Yula, and Razor, who are primarily physical damage builds, but I see that more as a wasted uh I see that more as an opportunity cost. Instead of stacking up benefits like if you were to do say melt or vaporize, because you're just buffing the damage you do now even more. And yeah. the damage that you deal to maximize the elemental reaction is just even more. But when you're running like a physical-based character that does the reaction you need, like for Rosaria, you are not going to run, especially if you run Rosaria as a main DPS, you are not ri- running anything cryo on her. It's a waste. So <laughs> that ultimately means that your elemental skill, which triggers cryo damage to trigger the superconduct, elemental reaction is meh when it could yeah. <laughs> when compared to other reactions it's really strong like yeah like
1: other elemental reactions shred enemies destroy like enemies disappear in front of you sometimes but yeah like i think electro needs a buff and uh with inazuma coming and you know that's the god of the electro archon i think <laughs> it's about time they should buff that place yep. but yeah that's That's it for Genshin Impact, and that's it for the episode. But before we leave, let's have a little promo from our friends at Podmetrics. So Steven will be back. I think Steven would be here until the end of the episode too, so let's just go. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. So Podmetrics aggregates data from Anchor, Spotify, Chartable, Facebook Live, and YouTube in order to show you the real picture of how your show is doing. And when you know your show, you can grow your show. The best part is it's absolutely free. Sign up now at podmetrics.co. And don't forget to use the referral code GeekyHuans right there on the bottom of the screen. All right. Um, oh, yeah.
1: Okay. So, yeah, well. Yeah, that's it. With that in. Yeah, that's you it. You can check and... us out
0: at. All right. Sorry. Well, I forgot to do the find outro. the geeky
1: ones <laughs> at our at your favorite podcast sites oh well first there's yep, the geeky right. our blog site where we post various geeky stuff we can also follow um at the geeky ones on our facebook twitter instagram twitch and youtube channels so that's all there uh where we are available the audio version of this episode is available on anchor spotify apple podcasts and google podcasts so um you know, the audio version releases uh, by the middle of next week, the upcoming yeah. week. So, usually. So, stay tuned for that. Um, yep. If you missed this episode live, you can watch this on Facebook. You can also download and listen to this on the go on audio. So, that's going to be great. All good.
0: right. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Stevie Said Yep. You can find Jude at Jude Thomas Cruz on social media and dude it's jude on FB. You can find yeah. Dango Flash Gaming on Facebook and Twitch. All right. So once again, thank you so much to Dango Flash for joining us on this very loaded um, update filled episode of the Geeky Hands hey, episode it. 73. Thank you very yeah, much. That was man. a lot of
1: stuff. That was a
2: lot uh, of
0: for... stuff. <laughs> don't forget to catch his uh, Resident Evil Village um stream. When is it again, Dango?
2: Um, I'll be streaming the demo tomorrow when it releases. Awesome. All right.
0: Don't forget to catch that. So uh for Dango Flash, for Jude, I'm Steven. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you guys. Bye. 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 This episode of The Geeky Ones is presented to you by Ambidexter. Check out ambidexter.media for more information.